This is episode 58 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Ryan Bemrose. I had something interesting to say here, but I totally lost it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to uh, respond to people trolling in the troll room. Amateur. Yeah. You would never hear Mike in the show. Okay. I don't know who Mike is. I don't want to. Uh, let's see. Recap like you. Recap you like an old LCD. Okay. You people aren't making any sense at all. I think maybe we ought to get on to the tech news. <laughs> From the Korean Blues Department, Samsung is not having a good year so far. According to Q1 earnings numbers released last month, uh, their profits are down and not down a little bit. Uh, Down about 95%. Uh, They made, uh, according to their, their earnings report, 640 billion Korean won, which turns out to be about $478 million dollars. Uh, last year, Q1, just for comparison, they made 14.1 trillion won, which although the article didn't call out how much that was because I have no idea what a Korean won is worth. Fortunately, I do have a calculator about $10 billion. So 478, yeah, 95% loss. Uh, their revenue is, the revenue is below estimates, but quote, in line with Samsung's guidance, uh, which is to say that uh, they knew they were going to suck. Uh, almost entirely the loss is being attributed to the semiconductor business, which, uh, is during the lockdowns, smartphone and PC makers were stockpiling chips. So say Samsung, uh, now those smartphone and PC makers have excess inventory and are cutting back on their purchases strongly due to Biden inflation, the price thus causing the price for memory chips to collapse. So you see Samsung's woes, at least according to what they say, are all your fault for not buying more e-waste. We'll get back to that. They have some good news. Mobile business didn't collapse nearly as much as their semiconductor business. Uh, Their mobile business is down 2% year over year, but up 22% from the previous quarter as boosted by the S23 Ultra, which at $1,200 is the highest price phone Samsung has ever released. And yet people are still buying it. So I guess that's working out. Samsung smartphones are only... 13% down year over year, uh, which according to market firm Canalys puts Samsung back into the top spot amongst smartphones. Uh, The smartphone breakdown right now is 22% Samsung, 21% Apple, 11% Xiaomi, 10% Oppo, 8% Vivo, and 27% everyone else, most of whom I've not heard of. Although Apple, it turns out Apple only or is the only company amongst that entire list who showed year-over-year growth for the company, uh, so expect those numbers to change again. Well, now Samsung has something else to worry about: a jury verdict in Marshall, Texas, awarded Netlist Inc. Netlist, not Netflix, Netlist, uh, a company, a Silicon Valley company from Irvine, California a $303 million judgment against Samsung in a six-day trial 
for patent infringement. Now, if you've been paying attention to tech news for as long as I have, and I sure hope you haven't because that would really suck, East Texas has been known for decades as the place to go if you want to patent troll. Uh, according to the EFF, a story that I pulled from 2015, so it's been going on at least this long, 44% of all patent cases in 2015 were filed in the Eastern District of Texas. 25%, one quarter of all patent cases in the United States were filed in Marshall, Texas, um, and nearly that many in nearby Tyler, Texas. Why is that? Well, the reason is that there is a reputation for that particular district being very, very friendly to patent trolls, very friendly to people asserting patent rights against giant corporations. Uh, they say that the judges there are loath to issue summary judgment against a plaintiff, uh, that juries there really, I don't, I'm not sure if it's Texas culture or what, but juries there really dislike the big companies that are stomping on the patents of the little guy. Either way, it's well known that if you want to succeed in a patent troll or a patent suit against a big company, you go to East Texas. <laughs> in fact, uh, you know, Samsung made big news in 2015, at, again, 2015, uh, because uh, it was a kind of a scandal. Samsung for no apparent reason out of the blue, bought the people of Marshall, Texas, an ice rink. A uh, fat lot of good it did them. So the California company filed a comp uh, comp patent complaint against a Korean company. They chose Texas and the Texas jury awarded them a 300 plus million dollar judgment. I guess it could have been worse. Netlist was asking for 400 million. Now, I'm not actually saying that Netlist is a patent troll because I'm not familiar with the company at all. Everything I know about them, I read this morning. But if the shoe fits, anyway, the jury decided that Samsung's high-performance memory modules will willfully infringed five of Netlist's patents. Now, remember how I said at the beginning of this story how Samsung only made $478 million in profit last quarter? Well, that $300 million judgment, if let stand, that's going to eat into it. From the Bold Moves Cotton Department, if there's one thing tech companies are really good at, it's making bold promises. If there's another thing that tech companies are really good at, it's breaking bold promises. In 2015, Microsoft made a bold promise about their latest operating system, Windows 10. They said, Windows 10 will be the last version of Windows. And no, they didn't mean they were canceling the operating system. Rather, they were transitioning to Windows as a service, that holy grail of software companies, and really holy grail to anyone who wants to subvert, subvert work for hire capitalism. Uh, work for hire capitalism is a system where you get paid for the work that you do. But no, the best scam in the world is to do work exactly once and then get paid over and over for the rest of your life for it. Something that most of our society isn't really in favor of. They only seem to tolerate it from copyright holders. Well, software services aren't quite as transparently greedy as the copyright holders, but they do because they do provide continuing work in the form of updates, although it's sometime ar argue, sometimes arguable whether those updates are valuable or whether they're welcome or whether you're wanted at all when they're being forced onto an otherwise perfectly working system. But software services at least do provide updates in, or in exchange for charging you money every single month. Anyway. 
Microsoft's bold promise about Windows 10 will be the last version of Windows was obviously a lie. We have Windows 11 after all. Um, the, I, I don't I don't quite understand why they had to change from Windows 10 to 11. It's just a branding number. So it really shouldn't matter whether you call it 10, Windows 10, Windows 11, Windows 12 or Windows 95. But maybe some new sales director saw a PowerPoint deck that showed how sales would go up 0.3% if they switched all out, all of the branding out. Maybe they just followed the Microsoft default position, which is whenever they can't come up with ideas of their own, they just do whatever Apple is doing. If you recall, Apple abandoned the OS X moniker, moniker and started restarted incrementing their major version a couple years back. Well, Microsoft has confirmed that they are done shipping feature updates for Windows 10. The Windows team has moved on. The only people who care about Windows 10 now are the sustained engineering team who are, uh, if I may say so, the unsung heroes of the Windows team. Well, while the main Windows team, all, you know, 8,000 of them or so, uh, is constantly working only on the newest version, the sustained engineering team, they are the ones who respond to all of the user complaints that come in after the users have finally seen the operating system. But anyway... Uh, Windows 10 version 22H2 is the last update of Windows 10. Uh, 22H2 had no new features, just bug fixes. And Microsoft has confirmed there will be no 23H1, no 23H2, no 24 anything. What you're going to get is security patches for 22H2 until such time as those run out when Windows 10 ends support completely in October of 2025 which also tells me the years of, of an operating system having 10 years after its last update is also gone. 2025 is coming pretty soon. After that, all of you Windows 10 users whose hardware may have failed the very strict Windows 11 upgrade criteria, you can all join us Windows 7 and Windows 8 users in the land of Microsoft hates you. The land where older computers, which are still perfectly functional, are forsaken because they don't have a TPM chip or they have the wrong generation of CPU, GPU, APU combination or because Microsoft hates you. I don't know. Either way, we can all get together and celebrate the march of progress at the hands of the company that can so casually turn so many of our PCs into so much e-waste. <laughs> From the, I thought we were done with this department. I said last week that I hoped to never do another Netflix update. Well, my hopes were dashed. More news from the company whose CEO once tweeted, love is sharing your Netflix password. We are starting to get reports of how consumers are reacting to Netflix's password sharing crackdown efforts. Netflix started their crackdown in Spain in February when they introduced a $5 or 5.99 euro monthly fee for people who logged in from other households. Now, eSearch Group Cantar is reporting that the company has lost over 1 million users in Spain in the intervening three months, and that re user churn is three times what the previous quarter was, with nearly half of those people churning, saying that they will not pay for the service. Cantar points out that there is, quote, no strong demographic skew to those who canceled, suggesting that the reason is an across-the-board rejection of the new rules and fees. I'm not sure about that. It's, it, it, no strong demo, as opposed to what? Racism? What else do you conclude from no demographic skew? Anyway, 
Netflix was quick to point out that more than two thirds of that million viewers were password sharers who were not paying for the service anyway. But hey, Netflix, they were still people engaged with your product who aren't now, and they aren't telling their friends about it. You should still care. Plus, that leaves about 300,000 paid subscribers who paid subscribers who've left the service. Now, neither the Kantar post nor Netflix's response bothered to point out how many users Netflix has in Spain. But fortunately, I have the ability to use a web search engine and I found a 2022 statistic that Spain had 5.1 million subscribers, although that statistic does not explain how many of those are paid. But even using the most conservative of these figures, it works out to at least 6% of Netflix's paid subscriber base ditching the service within three months of the new policy. That is not good news. Now, the company remains confident in official statements that enough people will pay the extra fee to offset this loss. Because without the fee, all Netflix has to coax more money out of their dwindling subscriber count is upgrading people from their basic tier to standard or premium. And no, by the way, I don't count their ad-laden tier as a service at all. It's more like an exploitation of customers who value their time even less than advertisers do. But the difference between Netflix's tiers, for the most part, is that higher ones let you pay more for simultaneous streams, which in the good old days of password sharing was a way to give Netflix more money to let your live out kids or your parents who watch one movie a month to enjoy the service without breaking their budgets. But now with this new enforcement, those screens all have to be in the same household, which probably means the same IP address, which really makes the higher tiers a lot less valuable because what is the only scenario left for a four screen plan of Netflix? It's what, I guess, a family of four who hate each other but can't leave the house for some reason and would rather watch four separate TV shows in four separate rooms than be in the same room and talk to each other. From the Monopoly Denied Department, the BBC reports that the Microsoft takeover of Activision Blizzard has hit a slight regulatory snag. And by slight, I mean pretty strong. The UK Competition and Markets Authority has put out a statement that they are concerned that the deal would, quote, reduce innovation and provide less choice for gamers. Microsoft, understandably, put out a statement explaining how the UK Competition and Markets Authority is wrong, uh, do not understand, clearly does not understand the cloud gaming market, and that Microsoft is disappointed. There was no further statement from the CMA on the topic, but a person quoted in the BBC article, Martin Coleman, who is a member of a panel who studied the merger for the CMA, said that this was about the, quote, the ability to undermine new and innovative competitors. He also said that Microsoft had, during the course of the review, submitted plans to address the concerns about competition, but that those plans, quote, would have replaced competition with ineffective regulation. I thought that's what regulation was all about. In a, the, the, word, the phrase ineffective regulation is, it, it's redundant. Anyway, it's not clear where this leaves the Activision Blizzard deal. According to the terms of the acquisition, Microsoft needs approval from a minimum of regulators in the United States, the European Union, and the United Kingdom. The UK is the first of these three to come back with a decision, and the decision is not what Microsoft wanted. Activision might also be in trouble because without the fresh infusion of funds promised by this purchase... They may have to do the unthinkable and cut their development efforts back to as few as six Call of Duty games per year.
And finally, from the off-season off department, I was alerted to this one by a frantic friend of mine who apparently lives, breathes, and dies pro football. This weekend, millions of NFL fans' voices cried out and were suddenly silenced. Okay, that's not what happened. That's not even close. But the timer ran out on a carriage agreement deal between the NFL and Comcast, resulting in the Comcast Xfinity Services 4, NFL Network, NFL Red Zone, and NFL On Demand going dark yesterday. An official Xfinity statement pointed to the carriage dispute, and it was confirmed by tweets from people in both companies who probably should not have been tweeting about such things. Twitter users predictably lost their freaking minds over the news, but whatever negotiations were going on behind closed doors, they ultimately worked because 24 hours later, the NFL networks were back online. So to the people who freaked out about this, I got to ask, why? Who cares? I honestly don't know what content you could possibly have missed from the NFL. The season is in the fall. It ended. It, it kind of goes into the winter. The ended. The last game of the season was this big to do with advertising and lots of, of ad breaks and, and some person in the halftime show. But, but that was three months ago. That was February. And the only thing that happens in April in the NFL is the draft. And that ended a week ago. It's over. It's done. You can go read any of 10,000 sports blogs talking incessantly about what happened in a three-day draft, but nothing is happening in the NFL. So NFL fans, the people who freaked out about 24 hour, hour outage, I have to ask if, if you know, respond to me, what the hell is wrong with you? You couldn't go 24 hours without live updates of nothing happening. I guess this is just yet another reason why I can never be a true sports fan, I suppose. Huge angry, angry, thank you, angry, angry, thanks. Huge angry thanks to Stephen Butke, who got so much value out of the last show, he donated $100 via PayPal to show it. Also angry thanks to Brian Janak, Rachel Zimmerman, and Christopher Reamer for their continued monthly support. And to Joel W., who was uh, the only person whose boost to angry tech news using a new app from podcastapps.com actually made it through. I, I'm going to plead, just assume that the rest of you weren't bothering to try, but I have continued once in a while to receive reports of failed boosts due to insufficient liquidity. I can only say I am still working on this. I was assured that joining a ring of fire on my node was going to work. Uh, I, I am, I remain committed to going independent and trying to stay decentralized to, to live what I preach and run my own node rather than, than going into easy mode. Like some podcasters do who go off and, you know, just get a, an account with some custodial service. I want decentralized nodes to work. I'm just not convinced that they're there. It's certainly not being easy either way. I do continue to work on this. I've got a deal to open up another nice, big fatty channel with somebody who uh, I have reason to believe is, is not going to uh, have liquidity problems. We will find out, keep fingers crossed. The only thing I can say to people using podcast apps is keep trying. And if your boost fails, I want to assure you that uh, at least most of the apps that I'm aware of, if the boost fails, the money is not taken from your wallet. So you are free to try again and again and again. And if they do go through, you're free to try again anyway, because that just results in multiple payments. And I'm never going to complain about that. But Angry Tech News is produced on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors. We don't pay ads and we do not charge you to listen, but we are funded by your donations. If you received some value from listening to this show, please send some value back. 
go to angrytechnews.com and click on the donate button. Send what this episode was worth to you, even if it's only just a copy of your Netflix password. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Bemrose, the Angry Programmer with a mic. I'll be back next week with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the Angry Programmer, Ryan Bemrose at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay angry.